This episode of Classically Black Podcast is sponsored by Longy School of Music of Bard College. Because the world needs music now more than ever, Longy has reimagined conservatory education. We are leading the seismic shift to center music as social change, expanding the world's understanding of what a life in music can mean. We prepare you to engage new audiences, teach anyone, anywhere, and make a difference with your music. To learn more, visit longy.edu slash cbp. Katie, this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in a da 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 your hips don't be moving. I mean, it is um sad, Brother John, but it's so cute. Um, I almost forgot my line at the beginning. There is work being done on my kitchen, so y'all may have, y'all will probably hear it, and there's something I can do about it. Sorry. So it seemed like they stopped down my street, but they was it had to be digging a hole to China. Oh, <laughs> uh, the way my house was shaking. So if you hear that. You know, just what it is. Not down the street. Literally, I'm like, I'm looking at my window like, is the roof being done? It it was crazy. Well, yeah, y'all will probably definitely hear this because it's beneath me. So it's not directly beneath right. me, but it's like just right there. So that's I mean, a, it is what it is. It's annoying to me. I mean, it is, but yeah, it's going to get on my nerves, to be honest. But whatever. Um, what was I about to say? The news. The news. <laughs> Speaking of annoying, um, the news this week: the Royal Opera House has just banned somebody for life. Um, after they loudly booed when a child <laughs> was singing, um, oh, an aria, and I was like, first of all, why would you do that? It's a twelve-year-old. And then I found out it's a twelve-year-old little black boy. (gasps) Yeah, I was like, I was like, this is all coming together. Yeah. See, I'm not saying you should be born, but also, how you know what I'm gonna look like when I grow up? Those bands, I feel like they don't work. I could come next week. No, the person that they were that they booed was a twelve-year-old black boy. What? Yeah, not the person, not the blue. This gets worse and worse. The boar was a grown man. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um. So they announced that the individual was banned for from attending their theater, um, following a disruption to the young singer's aria at the opening night of Handel's Alcina. I think. Um. The boy. The 
boy's name was Malachi Bayo, I think is how you say his last Aww. name. Um, he was on the Covent Garden stage, debuting in the in the role of Roberto in the opera. Um, and he was performing an aria in the second act when an audience member sitting in the amphitheater began to heckle him. Um, before the ending of his aria, um, as he was exiting the stage, the man shouted rubbish and what? and loudly booed. Oh my god. Yeah. They said there was initial gasps of disbelief, um, of course. And then the house quickly erupted into loud and sustained cheering and applause for him. The boy on stage. <laughs> Could you imagine? No. Uh, um. That's what we wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just can't even freaking believe it. And it's his his debut. Aww. Like uh, his first little time on the- yeah. Is somebody who does so that devastating to a child? Wow. And um, he, I mean, he's he's gotten great reviews from everybody so far. So it was like, I mean, um, about the rest of the opera and stuff. So it was like, I don't know what that dude's problem was. Um, they said that he believed he left the auditorium um later in Act Two, um, and since then, I guess they've identified the dude, but they ain't say who it was. They just said that he was um that he was banned. So Oh, I hope he got to I'm looking it up now. I hope like he had a show like the next night, you know, just so he could like you see what I'm trying to say, like get it over with. Yeah, cause to like, know that like you're not gonna be booed. Yeah. Look at him, he's so cute. I'm just like very irritated at that because like now it's your debut, like he probably scared to go back on stage. Right. Like, Cause that is really just not something that really happens a whole lot. It's cruel to a child. To a ch- like who y'all are tripping. They really need to release his name and his picture low key. Because of course they won't. Cause I yeah, I would like to talk. Come outside. We're not gonna jump you. Yeah, we are. <laughs> well, yeah, you say that so that they that they come outside. I know sometimes you say it, but like I want you to know. Um, let's see. Oh, I don't even know. To, like I can't. Like this is so unbelievably cruel. Yeah. Wow. It's annoying. Yeah. Hope it's worth it. All your booing was worth it for a lifetime and eternity. I don't understand. Like, yeah, what is even the point of the hell? I don't understand what the point of that is to be booing somebody. Like you could also just leave. Like, right? And you also you're like, I'm like you're the loser as well because you pay for the ticket. Yeah. Just if you don't like it, leave. Oh. Get your money back. Dispute with your bank. And you already have to leave regardless. So, like, okay. But how do how do bands work? Like, what's stopping him from going back in two years? I don't know, but they gotta have something because I've heard of people trying to come back after they've gotten a lifetime ban from somewhere and they be like, ah, ah. so who knows? Cause like, yeah, though I could see like, especially if you bought it under somebody else's name or something like that. Like, first of all, do not show your ass under my name. <laughs> you imagine? Yeah, like or somebody else bought him a ticket. I'm trying to think of the last show I went to. The last show I went to was Nutcracker in Milwaukee. And you literally walk in with your QR code. You know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, 
And then I ask you for your driver's license number when you buy the ticket. Yeah, so it's, it's like, like they got to train everybody to recognize his face or what? Right out of thousands and thousands, Covent Garden, thousands and thousands of people, he, he probably went back the next night. Okay. Because <laughs> how do they, especially like it's COVID time, you could wear a mask. I'm curious. I want somebody. If you know how that works, you let us know. I'm curious how that works. Um, in similar news, there was a uh, similar, yeah, there was a um a performance of Verdi's Requiem, um, at the Royal Concertgebouw in Amsterdam, um, that was interrupted by a climate protester. Um, so if you've been seeing the news like the past couple weeks, um, there's been a couple of like climate protesters in the news because they were targeting like famous paintings i was just about to ask you is that related <laughs> you i don't know if it's the same like they're the same people i don't th- probably not but like it's just been some climate protesters been in the news though no, i think those two were related so the people that did what was the first one was the first one the sunflower one i don't remember i don't remember it wasn't the mona lisa the first one i think was the mona lisa but i don't remember unless like I have to go back and watch that video. It's, it looks stupid to me, so I kept I kept scrolling. But from what I remember from the Mona Lisa, you can't really get up on it. Can't I don't? Maybe it wasn't the Mona Lisa, but it was um. One of them was definitely a Van Gogh, was the sunflower one. I just yeah, can't remember that. whether that was the first or second one. I think that might have been the first one. What they threw tomato soup on one, and then they glued their hands to the wall. And I then the other one, there was another one where he glued his head to it yeah and i mean they they already said like they knew these pertain these paintings are protected by glass like and they knew they weren't meaning to harm they just wanted they knew it would get them in the news okay yeah they like they researched that beforehand they knew they wasn't gonna be because who wants to be on the hook for destroying a freaking van gogh like (laughs) especially like a lot of these like it's like it's this one like you you, you could never pay that back so i don't like and it's not even like yeah so they 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 already knew that wasn't finished. It, it was just like the optics of it, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there was anything from it. You know, I mean, they got a lot of publicity, but I don't know if that publicity that publicity was kind of just like, oh my god, what they did. Like, I don't know if anybody was like, well, let's take the time to look at the yes, climate situation. Like, yes, you know. Like, so I don't know. I was like, who are these people? That's why every time I saw it, I'm like, and you know, like, I, I guess I'm the idiot. Cause I was like, this piece, this gl- protective glass, big brain. And I kept scrolling every time. Oh, the Mona Lisa was somebody smeared some cake on it. Oh, that was earlier this year, though. I remember that now. That was earlier yeah. this year. Um. Okay, so basically, there's a video of it. So I will link in the description. Um, but they, the movement that they're with is called Extinction Rebellion. Um, they shared the video online. It's a protester um who is sort of in the middle of the like the i think for them this is like the equivalent to orchestra level seating um and then he stood up and shouted we are in the middle of a climate crisis and we are like the orchestra on the titanic that keeps playing quietly while the ship is already sinking dang um i mean i'll give him symbolism because i would have been like i don't know i mean right he should have been like this requiem (laughs) this requiem we playing is for us (laughs) I was I would have been like he's spitting up there like low key <laughs> right like it's fitting that we're playing a requiem right now because Darth is dying so um 
I don't actually I, in real life I probably would have been scared I hate like noises like in a concert hall cause I'm just like is that a gun like yeah somebody stand up and just yelling but you know this yeah. was also in Amsterdam so oh, I'm right, sure that's right, not so. what top of mind for them yeah it's a uniquely American problem I felt bad because the Sunday matinee I think somebody somebody had something going on where they they was like saying stuff out loud so intimate moments of Mahler and there's like noise in the back I was so scared and it's just like this person probably has like you never know like Tourette's or they are on the spectrum you don't know but it's just like imagine that in like the most sublime quiet and, and we live in America I was like get me off of the stage right now you don't know what you don't know what it is like, at towards the end of the piece I was like oh it's probably like some medical no one put them out nothing like that mm-hmm. but it's just like I hate that we gotta think like about stuff like that like that's my first thought like they about to air this place out um dang. well he was one of three that was there um so they basically called they used that platform to call on the dutch government to do everything they could to reach carbon neutrality by 2025 all three of them were dragged out um it says by booing audience members and some of the concerns about staff and i'm like first of all audience members i don't know how i feel about that like i'm not about to put my hands on nobody about that like i just I don't know. You don't even work here. You dragging people out? Oh, I thought the booing was by the audience members. No, they, they was it was. Too? They said they were dragged out by booing audience members. I want to care about stuff that much. Like I don't. You know what? That's we on the same page. Yeah, we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that's not that's something that a certain type of person feels very entitled to do yeah the fact that you feel like you could put your hands on somebody like that's very cop energy like are they supposed to be standing up yelling no but like is it really your place to be dragging people out like when people work here exactly and you pay to be here like i think it's different obviously if it was like an active shooter type of thing you you felt inclined to like throw yourself on top of them i've seen like you know type of thing yeah but like Girl, this one for them to turn the lights on. Yeah, it's like they literally just talk about the earth. Like, chill, like bro. let them walk out. Usher come, let walk them out, and then we start at measure forty-seven. That's it. <laughs> so, um, the Extinction Rebellion released a statement after they said the response of this room to the action is indicative of the way the Dutch elite deal with the climate crisis. People are already dying from the consequences of this crisis, but just as the orchestra continues to play on the Titanic, even when the ship was sick. Se- even when the ship was sinking for a long time, we in the Netherlands continue with our lives as if nothing is wrong. Um, yeah, so I looked the the uh, the video. There's more more of the same, just um, of what their their mission is and stuff like that. Um, they also expressed their um, their dismay for how the protesters were treated they shared on twitter saying the peaceful rebel rebels were grabbed pushed and dragged through the hall by about 20 people including other spectators luckily they only got away with torn clothes um and the concerts about responded as well saying these actions shouldn't be aimed at cultural events they can also lead to panic and danger to people i don't know girl i mean they spit no well i think that that is creative Cause, yeah because i mean oh no like i just I'm don't conflicted. understand 20 people like that that's that's what's jumping out 
to me about this. Like, why did y'all feel like y'all needed to be pushing, dragging, grabbing people, tearing their clothes up about just because they stood up and they interrupted some Verity? Some Verity that y'all will hear a million times? They ain't no hard. Verity's not hard to come by. I'm sure. <laughs> like, come on, bro. I think also, like, all of that, like, we could we, we could just start over. Yeah, like, it's really not that deep. Like, come on, bro. Um, yeah. But I would say, we we had, every year, the, the MLK Museum, they, they do, like, a, a commemorate, commemorate, what? <laughs> <laughs> they do a commemoration. It's too many M's. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They do a commemoration. A commemoration? I'll be short-circuited in real time. It's crazy. Um... Every, and there's this lady that is always on the corner, like literally since like the 90s, on the corner across the the street from the museum, protesting because she thinks that, like I guess she used to work at the motel. I don't I don't know because that timeline doesn't check out to me because she's not that old, and they closed that motel down in '68, so that doesn't that timeline doesn't make sense to me. But either way, she thinks that the the motel should have been turned into homeless housing, and so every she every day she out there protesting for real and there ain't no like, other place that could be your almost house like that's I'm not, what that's a historical I, landmark are you kidding me it, i was talking to um a professor about this because it kind of irritated me let me tell you why it irritated me the most so on the commemoration normally it happens outside this lady's out there with a freaking cowbell during the commemoration across the street like Mind you, like we're playing, we did some stuff with um Patrick Daly's group. People are speaking. They had Jesse um Jesse Jackson there. He spoke. This lady's across the street with a cowbell and an air horn, and a and one of them things. What's it called? A blow. We all talking about where you speaking to and it amplifies your voice, but it's not a microphone. Oh yeah, a, a, a mega horn, a megahorn? A oh. megaphone. Yeah, megaphone. yeah, that that across the street. I'm talking about like directly across the street like it was so loud we almost got uh, thrown off in one of the pieces because how loud it she's just banging a cowbell and it's just like and nobody even through all of that people leave her alone so that's all that's why i'm saying like why are you dragging people out ripping their clothes like you could just let them leave i'm about to say is she i don't know you can look at she does there's articles written about her like news stories like it's it was i was it was so frustrating to me because i was like Memphis has a lot of history that I don't know a lot about, so I don't want to say too much because I, I, I'm very new here. But it's just like on your on my way, driving from Midtown to the MLK Museum, it's a straight shot. And you know how many boarded up buildings I drive past to get to downtown? And you stand on the corner here where MLK was assassinated and think this should be turned into housing, affordable, uh, into homeless housing? That doesn't make any sense. There are so many... There's so many ways the government is corrupt that you can use boarded up buildings that are being unused, schools that have been discontinued to use for to housing for housing for the homeless. And you over here people are trying to celebrate MLK and you over here banging a a cowbell. Yeah. I was it was so frustrating, especially because it's just like this is very stupid. And maybe somebody, you know, from Memphis that could tell me more about her but from what from what i read i'm i don't i'm good i don't need to know anything else this is very dumb to me she out there every time you go to mlk museum you gonna see her 
You're going to see her right there on the corner. And obviously, she's not, she's not on the side of the museum because she you can't do that. But literally, directly across the street. She right there. That just seems... Like, I don't understand, like... I'm not trying to be, like... And like, obviously, homeless housing great. But, like, he was literally assassinated here. Like, you don't understand that? Like, you don't understand why they might want to preserve... Like, <laughs> like what? It's so fresh. It was, it was this. It was the most fresh. One of the most frustrating things. Like one of the most frustrating performances I ever had. Like there are so many people there. The mayors. It's a huge event every the, year. You the know? Civil Rights Museum got the got that bus that got fire burned, uh, fire mm-hmm, bomb. The the Freedom Riders. So you think they supposed to wait? Homeless bus? Like, <laughs> like I don't know what to tell you. It's a historical. Like it's a. It's like one of it the best museums I've ever been to. Like, I didn't. I never like people know I have a rational fear. I'm okay. I'm not gonna talk too much about that. <laughs> but I will say, crazy. Not too, not too much. To be fair, we was watching every year. We would watch MLK movies starting in first grade. It traumatized me. What about him traumatized you though? Oh. I don't know. That's who I remembered. So that's who. That's is. That's. I just think he was standing outside my bedroom door. Like, it was crazy. It went to help you? <laughs> what you think? He gonna give you a speech to death? He gonna preach you to death? <laughs> Let's move on because I'm gonna start. I'm gonna get scared. I live alone. Um, That's ridiculous. Anyway. um, <laughs> So, I was kind of nervous to go there in the first place. I'm confused as to what's so funny. Like uh, Really? <laughs> I'm trying to, I just feel like. We're we're revealing what side Katie really on. Bloody, go to the depths of hell. Like honestly, <laughs> I'm trying to tell. I'm trying to tell you, my good friend. I mean, and other listeners, one of my deepest, your deepest darkest fear, fear, <laughs> a civil rights activist <laughs> on your side. I saw <laughs> who died decades before you were born. Okay, Katie. Anyway, I said I was afraid of Thurgood Marshall. It's just who, it was who was assigned. Anyway, all I'm saying is I was scared to go because like that kind of you know I get a, get a little nightmares so I didn't. But um, it's like one of the most well done museums I've ever been to. Like I can't, and I feel like I like museums. I feel like I've been to a few. It is so well done. It's just like a beautiful museum inside and out, and this lady is just standing there across the street here we go i found something yeah of course you're gonna see there's a whole bunch of stuff on her smith one time i was walking because like we used to be at the museum a lot because like i did two of them so we would have rehearsals there stuff like that so i'm walking with my viola i'm out of my business i'm trying not to be late and i walk past her i ignore her because i'm like clearly something going on and she's like watch out for the grass and i'm like i was gonna say something but I left it alone. Come on, first of all, this is a sidewalk. Secondly, this is not your grass. Third, go get a job. And people be donating to her and stuff too. So apparently she lived in that hotel. She got evicted. Oh, she lived in a hotel. I don't know. I thought she worked there. Here go an old picture of her. An old, like a black and white. Send me the link. Yeah, I'm going to send it to you. Um, I looked it up like the day of because I was like, the, we were thrown off. Cause she's so loud, and the louder we got, the louder she got. Dang, it said twenty. Her she holding the paper that said twenty seven million dollars wasted 
renovating the National Civil Rights Museum. I haven't been to the Civil Rights Museum in so many years. I went when I was like fairly little. Um, I want to go back, although they still got that. They scared. They have me scared because they got a KKK costume in there, or they have they one. do. And that's I, why I want to go. See, that's Delaney, why I don't need to see. I really don't and need it's to see full that. size. Uh, it is. Oh my god! I just like <laughs> sorry. That's they just got so scary that. to me. It is terrifying. That's why I ain't because they got I mean, it like it's not like hate. Like they got it like it's, it's like on a, a mannequin. They like, got it. Yeah, it's like on a mannequin. It's like up too. So it's so like, it like it's like looking down at you. Uh, yeah, they got like, that. They got the Freedom Riders bus. Which can you go inside of that? I don't remember. I don't think no, so. you can't. No, no, no. You couldn't go. You inside can go of that. inside the bus with the Rosa Parks set. That's what I went inside. Yep, yeah. right. Um, and then they also have you learn about like the um, the garbage, the garbage man strike that happened in Memphis when a black man got crushed in one of them. Oh my god! And they have a garbage truck in there. Like it's one of the best museums. You know, I like. I will go back to the, I will go back Be, especially because we had a tour of it yeah, which like I would really recommend period we, we, what we doing turn up um we had a tour and the lady was so good like she was just like I love a tour guide that just like makes it engaging like it was just so good but I kind of want to go back and like read everything like she I felt like I was in a story I felt like I knew everything that was going on I felt engaged but I want to go back and read you know what i'm saying so yeah um oh yes i was gonna look at this lady here she go yep mm-hmm. and she got this table she That's she crazy. this picture if you if i put this picture and i went up to her and i held it like this right now right now at 208 she is just like this she's standing just like that wait every day what? every day girl i'm, I'm telling you every day i'm sorry like, I'm sorry. I mean, the way they kicked her out, I think, you know, it was, but also it's like at, at a certain point, I'm sure they gave you the opportunity to leave. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm sure they, I'm sure they did that before they, before they physically removed you. Like, I'm sorry, but it's just like, they literally killed MLK next door. Like they gotta, like, I don't know. It's a museum now. It just is like, I don't know. And also, um, like, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but it's just like, you know how many motels there are in, in Memphis? You couldn't go to another motel. Yeah. And walking distance from from that motel at that, that's that's the first thing. The second thing is, like, it's weird to me that you would want to still be there. Is that, I'm like, so you, like, you literally must stay here where he bled out a couple doors down? Like, that's not on, weird bro. to you? Oh, no, man. I wouldn't I would not want to I would be so mortified yeah Yeah, girl it's a mess um well my last thing oh right (laughs) um it's quick so van magazine which is a Costco music magazine that I think they're weekly in English and in German um, they are coming out with a game called Cards Against Classical Music, which is the Cards Against Humanities, Cards Against Humanity, singular, um, concept, but for classical music, like themed. Um, they're coming out with that uh, for the holidays. So I'm gonna link. They have like a page where you can sign up to get a get an alert when it comes out. It's very messy. Um, it seemed cool when I saw they gave like some examples like on their Twitter of like some of the cards so 
they're gonna be um just gonna be over 100 cards to add to your if you have cards against humanity um you can add those 100 cards or i'm sure you can just play with them on your own but you know if you got some classical music friends you want to you know give them a little something something for the holidays or you want to throw a party or whatever yeah i saw that but we should um i forgot to put my thing on the other side i saw that but i kind of want to um i want to play that on the show i wonder how bad it is because cards against humanity is actually terrible yeah it can be especially who you playing with yeah yeah there's definitely levels to that because there's some stuff it's just like i probably wouldn't put that but okay so for the intermission today uh it ties into what we're gonna be talking about which is the affirmative action case that's going on with the supreme court so we'll talk about like what is going on with that but i thought there was a lot of things that stuck out to me about um the research i did um yeah and one of the things that jumped out to me was like the lawyers and the conservative justices what they were saying about race and what that has to what effect race has on one's viewpoint i find it to be incredibly interesting it's just such a typical thing for people like that to say because it's like if if patrick if you white and kavanaugh white and the rest of the conservative judges are white and thomas want to be white who are you to talk about viewpoint and what's somebody's viewpoint that is so crazy to me so let me tell you what happened so strawbridge he's um he's a lawyer that's representing the students for fair admissions versus university of north carolina we'll talk about that more in in a minute so he he said um one of his one of his one of his uh what's called cases my friend is a lawyer and i I my eyes gloss over when he talked hold on (laughs) about law because it gets so complicated one of his talking points is that that's not what it's called but we're gonna move on is that race is not does not influence one's viewpoint so he says um where to go okay he says that it relied gutters is grievously wrong sorry gruder that's crazy is grievously wrong his view that the educational benefits of a diverse diversity justify racial classifications contradicts the 14th amendment guarantee of equal treatment it relied upon stereotypical assumptions that race is necessarily a proxy for one's viewpoint and of course like sonia was like girl yeah what are you talking about like absolutely so i asked delaney i said what is an experience you had or have in classical music or a viewpoint that you know is tied specifically to you being black not you having me support they they thing because my, my memory is bad um <laughs> i know they probably they probably looking at me see see you don't have see. one right now now when they go today when they go to their next court session they'll be like on classically black uh, uh, at thirty one twenty seven, delaney harris was unable to produce 
<laughs> something that happened to her here why don't anything so one one of the examples i gave her when i concocted this intermission was um speaking of you shane why am i so popular right now but my phone be dry later on anyway um one of the examples i gave is that when you are making a tape for an audition or whatever they explicitly say i mean it depends you could do most people want one take they want you concerto excerpt straight through i feel like these people are villainous but they want that or um <clears throat> they might ask for a concerto separate and then your excerpts but I, I feel like that's just not typical so one thing i said was that like it is you cannot there's no way you can edit it anyway like it is extremely forbidden it's not even worth it because any in any indication that you edited some stuff together that you made something that look that it's not that you whatever your tape will be thrown away so but i was like i you can't even play around with that as a black person because i remember like when i was making a tape earlier this year in one day i had a puff the next day i had box braids i was like even if i wanted to edit this together i couldn't because that's that or like how i hate that you know I couldn't even do the same thing throughout the day because like my first take my edges are swooped and I done swept my edges out by the end it can't add that together so that's something like very small that's like you know a viewpoint that has been that I have for being black in classical music although I will say there will be no they be coming up to our our box spray is calling a lock so I feel like the edges thing yeah you might you might be able to get away with that one maybe but, but you never I know s- yeah i just wouldn't i wouldn't change. i feel like i know people love to finesse but i feel like that's something not worth finessing you know mm-hmm. it's like you might as well just do it if you can't do it straight through i feel like you got other stuff you gotta worry about okay <laughs> i thought you just said they was i forget the word you used but the people that make you go do it straight through I do think they're villainous. However, like I'm still able to produce tape. The only the only time I really be struggling, actually, let me not even finish that because I got a tape that I got to do tomorrow. I'm about to say, I can. So let me not even. Cause Lucifer right there, listen. Oh, the only right time right there. Remember, what about tomorrow? Right. <laughs> and we only got two. And we only got two hours to do it. So I need all the love I can get. Um. not me having having one and then forgetting it i mean experience wise oh well i'll say i'll say um i mean in terms of like viewpoints and stuff i think there's a lot of viewpoints that we have about what we one like places and stuff that we would and would not go or like people like i feel like that's also limited for us when it comes to like classical music because it's like you're already to a certain extent you might be going into a situation that is that you feel uncomfortable in in a lot of places in classical music and then I feel like as a black person like there's an added layer of that like you kind of have to be ultra aware um and so I feel like that's affected my decisions like when you hear certain things um about places about what black people have experienced in other places it's not like you could just traipse off to any festival to any school Mm. and stuff like that 
um and i mean like that's been reflected in you know like we like people talk and then also like in other experiences like miss it probably didn't hurt that you were black when you got into eastman it was just like i'm sure they had oh, nothing to right. do with it yeah like it was so funny because when I told somebody that, they was like, I'm so sorry that, you know, somebody will make you feel that way. I'm like, she didn't make me feel that way. That's just what she said. <laughs> yeah. I know I didn't get in the East because I was black. Like, I remember mm-hmm. my East audition. It was the best audition I had that year. So. But say, when I played for them three people, them three violas, I'm like, I'm coming, I'm coming to the school. Like, I'm coming to the school. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was so, I was so prepared for that audition so i just know it wasn't that and ne- it never gave that yeah let's see a viewpoint for me hmm. i just came up with another one what one mine is that I'm not going to concerts unless it's a black person on the program. <laughs> that's when that's come from. I mean, like a composer, like, and to that, I mean, that's like really not very many people's loss. Cause y'all know, I don't like going to concerts regardless, but like, I feel like there's really no chance just because at this point it's just like, I just feel like what's the point of me going at this point. I feel it's so interesting because aren't you going to that Stevie Wonder concert? Yeah. I feel like we're so opposite because I'd rather go to a classical music concert than go to, like, my cousin, I got to text her back. I'm actually not free, but I guess uh, Fred Hammond is going to her school. She wanted me to know if, if I wanted to go. And I was like, I have something that day, so I can't. But I'd rather, I'd rather listen to Fred Hammond, listen to the city girls and go to a classical music concert because i feel like i'm going to enjoy a classical music concert better like i know the energy might be crazy in the room whatever but it's just like i don't know like i'm trying to i'm trying to enjoy the show i'm trying to sit down like i'm not trying to stand up for two and a half hours you know what i'm saying whereas at classical music i know like sometimes you want to see a i don't know it's just different i feel like we opposite when it comes to that no, when I say I don't enjoy concerts, it, that is, includes any type of concert. I don't really like going to concerts. Like, for example, George Clinton came out of retirement and went on tour. And I was like, I shit. But I was like, I just can't. Like, especially like, like, P-Funk and stuff. Like, people probably going to be on asses, stuff like that. Like, I just, I can't, I can't. Stevie Wonder, first of all, is a legacy act. So a lot of people, I mean, he had, there are a lot of young people at his stuff. But, like, it's not like a raging concert. Yeah. Like, you can sit true. down. Like, I, I wasn't standing true. up the whole time. People usually only stand up when he does, like, a bit, like, a huge yeah. hit. Like, yeah. then people might stand up for, like, what Christmas means to me. Because it's a Christmas concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, and also, I think Stevie Wonder is probably, at this point, the only person I would see live. Especially just because he had a mm-hmm. kidney transplant, like, a year or two ago. He's 72. Like, you know, I'm just, like, I want to yeah. see. And he only goes, this is, to my knowledge, the only concert that he does at this point in his career so i'm like i will go to house full of toys every year you know as long as he keeps doing it and it's mm-hmm. also a, it's also a toy drive so i'm just like it's a win-win i feel like that's the only person that could pull peel me out of my house <laughs> to go to a concert in terms yeah. of uh, I, and i don't know now that you say that i don't know which i would prefer prefer 
I feel like classical music concerts feel would feel better, especially now since I'm learning. I'm learning a lot about concert safety, and mm-hmm. like that's making me. It's very it's very scary just the stuff how quickly a popular music concert can go wrong when it comes to stuff like that. Girl, all of them TikToks I was going around people educating about crowd safety. Like, yeah, it made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, we learned about this one that happened. I'm not gonna go too much into it because it's not it's off topic, but that's on brand for us. About um the British band The Who, they had one I think it was like in 1979, and it was a crowd crush, and they were saying that you could see like puffs, like a puff of air come out from atop the crowd because so many people were being crushed and their air was being mm-hmm. pushed out of their lungs, mm-hmm. and it was cold outside, so you could actually see the air coming out the crowd. I was just like, that is so freaking terrifying. And in every situation, it's like it could have been completely avoided. Yeah. And people just like people refuse to learn from other people's mistakes. Like it's just ridiculous how many people have died from crowd crushes and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I just feel like, especially like sometimes I want to see. It's weird now that saying it out loud. Like sometimes I want to see a certain piece in, like. When I went to when I went to Berlin, I knew I had, and they would do Sibelius one. I'm like, why would I miss that? Mm-hmm. Like, I love this piece, you know. In the same way, like I love the City Girls. I love Meg. I don't see. I, I don't think I would see them in person. Like yeah. concerts are just so because people like it's just too many people. They doing everybody's doing their own thing. They not really people are like not really considerate about people around them. That's why you were seeing people passed out, standing up, and stuff like that. And y'all are still like pushing and all of this stuff like. The concert thing is just getting more and more dangerous. Yeah. And I'm really trying to, like, convince myself, like, this is probably going to be like Beyonce's last tour, right? Like, you never, it's like, you don't know if it's, do not say, I mean, tour don't make no difference to me because I'm not going, but like, don't, girl, don't say, I know people are like, Beyonce might be retiring. Do not (laughs) say that. Do not say freaking that. Like, it's like who's to say like she might still but it's just like if this is her last tour you know because she getting older or whatever and it's like i kind of want to go but at the same time am i gonna enjoy it i don't think so like knowing what like what my preferred concert experience is i don't but it's also like the novelty of it like why would i pass up her last or her perceived last or whatever you know it's like I didn't get to see Michael Jackson perform for the last time. I didn't get to see this person, this person, this person. So it's like, especially like, it's not, it's not like, okay, the city girls are retiring. <laughs> it's like somebody of, and that's no, that's no T. You, y'all know I love Belle Calise. It's not like about Cardi retiring. It's like someone of that stature, someone, someone of that magnitude of fame. Why wouldn't you go to their last concert? But I don't know if I would enjoy it. So especially like, you know me, like, everybody gonna be high and drunk like that's another that thing like i'd rather is she gonna do homecoming maybe she'll do another uh netflix special i'll catch it there especially because how expensive beyonce tickets are it's like how much you gotta spend to actually enjoy that right like you like it's like you're gonna spend the 300 dollars to be in the nosebleeds like i don't know and also, but I don't think Beyonce, I think even if it's her last tour, she's not going to stop performing live before, like, I think she'll do, like, a residency. That's becoming more, um, 
like more common like freaking harry styles was doing a residency that's like not really something that younger artists do but he did like 15 shows at the forum Mm-hmm. and they do that because it's like one it's more friendly for like people who don't want to tour people who have kids stuff like that but also because like usher did one adele did one those are people who are like at a, not in a point in their career that they would normally do something like that but mm-hmm. it's becoming more common and also you can do a bigger show like you can do a show that would not be feasible to do on tour yeah and like you could go all out so i could see beyonce doing that for sure and people would travel to her so yeah I wonder who did the first residency. That is very smart. Now I think about it. I'm sure I'm surprised more artists don't do that. But I guess it's better to go to your fans. But also, like, if you could just stay in one spot, why not? It's common for legacy acts. I think that's, there's one dude, he's been in Vegas for decades. I can't remember him, his name. But um, it's common, like, when people get in a, you know, sunset years, they go do Because it's all the older people will come. They spend more money. They, you don't got to go nowhere. Like it's like a it's like a thing like people mm-hmm. enter a certain phase in their career hmm. but. um just to move just to move on i'll just <laughs> share one because <laughs> <laughs> i have a couple but i'm just gonna say one one viewpoint i have um that is directly related to me being black is like what i view as my music education it's like one thing I've realized over the past couple of years, like my first, my music education did not start in general music. It started like understanding like phrase structure and harmony and stuff in church. Like thinking about like the hymns, like my church is a good mix of like hem, old hymns and stuff like that. And then contemporary black gospel. So it's like my music education really started from there. So it's like when you saying all this stuff to me, and asking me like oh you don't know this like you don't know like this leads to this i'm just like that was it's just like just because like i have to learn all this do re me stuff doesn't mean that they didn't that this is my first time learning music theory like i've learned it before and i think that's something that is directly related to my blackness not this do re me stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't realize that till i wrote i put that in my uh el sistema usa speech because i didn't i don't think i thought about it before then mm. and then i think i think it was when i took the gospel music class where i was like orchestra could not do that like yeah how quickly they was like that was like improvising and like i was like looking at the the choir director and i understand that like choral conducting and whatever and like orchestral conducting are different and whatever but like also choral conduct conducting like a classical like a chorus and a gospel choir are different too and i was mm-hmm. like i feel like I wonder, I remember we talked, we talked about this a long time ago. I was like, I wonder, like, if someone were to actually do a study about, like, how musicians that were in, like, church, like a black church, who, like, have, who are familiar with that, like, how they interpret, um, like, orchestral conducting. Are they better at, like, at, at reading it? Or mm-hmm. are there differences? Because I feel like something that a orchestral strictly orchestral musician would think is unclear like i low-key feel like if you are used to that then you might pick up on it mm-hmm. but i don't know somebody who got the time to do that let me know all right y'all so today we're talking about like i said earlier the affirmative action thing now do you even notice what's going on like i had heard like 
I, you know, some people, some people on Twitter, like, I be scrolling through, but I didn't know, like, the depths of what's going on and, like, in really any of the details. Yeah, like, I was like, I think it's real cute how y'all just have this going on and then say nothing about it. Like, this is a huge deal. But basically what's happening is there's this group um, called Students for Fair Admissions, and it is... I was laughing with Delaney about this earlier because it is um, run by Edward Bloom, who is a conservative legal activist. And I just feel like all the letters in that phrase cancel each other out. Um, And basically what they're saying is they're trying to, they're saying that affirmative action um, goes against the 14th amendment because you shouldn't be considering people's race or sexual orientation, et cetera, for anything. So, uh, we're just going to talk about our thoughts on this. And basically, this is a background. You should read it because, you know, it's classically black. Like, <laughs> you should read more. Uh, I read some, um, I listened to a great New York Times podcast about this. I think it's called Daily. Um, and it, it summed it up very nicely. And it was very interactive. It was, like, really nice to listen to. And they also linked some other articles that I read. So, we can link that. But, um it's really fascinating because how frustrating it is and um yeah we're gonna we're gonna get in we're gonna get into it um so what are, your, what are your thoughts on this them saying that it goes against the the 14th amendment and like thoughts on affirmative action let's have some dialogue um yeah like Katie said we're not we're not nobody's primary source so <laughs> i was like hey that's gonna be on you i'm so sorry like delaney and i plan these via text every man for themselves and then we meet in the middle on the mics so um what was i about to say oh i was gonna say like what what would i have seen this at i follow scotus blog on twitter and there are independent like news and analysis of supreme court like decisions and happenings that's anything that they do apparently they have a podcast called scotus talk and they on tiktok so I might have to see what they're talking about over there. Um but yeah. Basically, I don't know. I feel like I wasn't really like I've over time have of course heard about affirmative action, but never really like like I never thought it applied to me or like I didn't even know it was still going on. Like I didn't know like what it en- encompassed or whatever because obviously it was like its origins are before I was born. So, but when I found, when I heard about this, I was just kind of like, I feel like what people think goes into these decisions when it comes to like, you know, making decisions based off of diversity or like related to affirmative action. Like they think they're just picking a first black person off the file and letting them in regardless of the situation. It's just like, first of all, there are so many, y'all only, first of all, bring up quality or whatever the heck when it's a black person involved or somebody that y'all feel like shouldn't be there because they're not white but second of all like if we are gonna go into that there are so many black people that can be at harvard that can be at unc those are the schools that was bringing that the situation was at that it's just like like you really think they're gonna they're gonna pick just any old person like they're not gonna look at nothing else that's ridiculous and speaking of nothing else so i think 
I was telling Delaney how frustrating this this listening to like the case, uh, the trial rather was because it's like it's just so typical about how like how white people like use stuff to their advantage just to prove a point. So like one of the arguments, um, one of the arguments for affirmative action against affirmative action is that people should not be using race to whatever so then katanji was like okay but beloved it's not just race there are 40 <laughs> factors race is just one of them so then uh kavanaugh was like well let's talk about how diverse everything else is so let's talk about harvard how, how diverse um everything else is and so they was grilling they was grilling dude um and they were like, well, how, um, so like socioeconomic wise, like how diverse it is. And like Harvard has like a lot of legacy students, a lot of athlete students, and then everybody else got money. So like 80% of the population. And then Kavanaugh was like, okay. And when it comes to religion, the whole, what, what about Jewish people and Muslims? And I'm, and I'm like, that made me sick to my stomach because I remember not so long ago, Y'all, the conservatives were up with their panties in a bunch because Miss <laughs> Girl, who I'm blanking on her name, Ilhan I, I Omar. Guess, yes, when she was being when she was being um sworn in and she used the Quran, y'all, all of a sudden it was oh we can't do that da da da. But when now we want to talk about religion diversity, I'm like that is that is so sick to me. It's so convoluted that like now you thinking about that. Yeah, I'm just like because y'all know y'all don't care about no religious diversity like you don't and also that whole thing didn't even make no sense why would you have somebody swear in on a holy book that they don't believe like why would you feel comfortable doing that because i remember i I took a i took a class about like it was like religion and race and something like that and um and i was wondering i forgot how it came up but i was like what are people who are like atheists swear in they swear on the law like just period and i'm Mm -hmm. like i feel like why can't everybody just do that like but um because i feel yeah. like you gonna break the law like you gonna break the law um but why would you have somebody swearing on something that they like people was like mad because somebody got sworn in on the law and i'm like well if they say they say they don't believe in god they don't believe in none of this why would you have them swearing on the bible yeah like <laughs> it doesn't make any sense i feel like the amount of hate you have to have in your heart to like use that as like a gotcha moment it's just it's just crazy. I just cannot believe people are in charge of, of making such monumental decisions. And then this got brought up like Thomas was like, he was like, well, I don't even like this. Like we've been saying diversity, diversity, diversity. Like you, I don't even know what that means. Like can you explain what that means? And I was just like, the jokes write themselves here. And I feel like it is an insult to everyone's intelligence to jump on it. I feel like we should let the joke alone. Like what you mean? That's, that's what you that's you what yeah, you i don't know what he like he's just so irritating because it's like like i was saying before i'm like diversity is low-key the reason you on the supreme court because you replaced Dorgan marshall they they probably there was a conservative president uh in office and they probably did not want to give up a, a seat that a black person was on so they probably was like okay you need to replace him with another black person so they found the cooniest black person they could and that was you so I mean, like the, I don't think there's anyone more coony than than him. <laughs> like I feel like if you if you had a coon meter, it would be him on one side and 
Dr. Umar on the other end. That's the that's the scale. So so let's say that's one to hundred. Where are you? Let's say let's say let's say we'll switch that because Clarence Thomas is gonna be one. Doctor Umar is hundred. Okay, you go first. No, you go first. (laughs) I'm not embarrassed. I just haven't thought about it. I was just thinking. Doctor Umar. I'm not answering this. We talk about it. Doctor, because Doctor Umar is like a whole tip. Yeah. So where are you? We would have to we would have to build out the scale a little bit more. Yeah, so that I we feel can like see what it, where does Hotep end? Yeah, we would have to build out the scale yeah, a little more. Because okay, real quick, just so I because I will answer this because I don't want y'all to think I'm afraid to answer. What y'all gonna do? Jump me? But uh, who's fifty? That's what I want to know. Cause I feel like I'll be able to answer a little bit if I know who fifty was. If I knew who twenty five was, I know who seventy five was. Mm-hmm. Then I'll be able to answer better. I feel like fifty would be somebody who's like, no, because I'm not. We was kings, <laughs> you know. I feel like we was kings is like ninety. What you think? You know what? I actually think Doctor Umar should be moved to ninety. I'm not gonna say the type of person that's at 100 because I don't want I don't want no problems but well, you we could talk about me. it we gotta talk about it okay after who was worse than Dr. Umar there are people who are definitely who are pro black who are pro black that have more problematic opinions because Dr. Umar is very hotepi but a lot of the you don't have a lot of like super problematic opinions yeah now that you mentioned it some people are it, it's damaging yeah like there are okay. people who are definitely and there's a certain group i'm not going but if you if you okay okay y'all some some people know who i'm talking about i'm not picking it up but i'm sure you'll talk I'll, about I'll, I'll, I'll text you yeah okay if dr umar is 90 i feel like now we have now it's a little bit more clear not all the way clear because also i feel like if dr umar is 90 then i mean like we was kings would be 80 or we was kings could be seventy, and then we well, were. Dr. Umar Loki, or we was kings. Like, is he? Okay, if he's ninety, he's ninety, right? Yeah. So yeah. it could be like we was kings could be like eighty five or eighty seven. You think so? Okay. Yeah. Cause when I think of like, when I think of the people who say like we was kings, I feel like. I feel like that's that's your first step towards hope tepery. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that is true. That could that's be that's why I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, entryway. Like your entryway to hope tepery. Yeah. Cause like, like some of some of us weren't. Some of us were were fetching water. And that's okay. Like the people, oh, we was the original Jews and we was I heard somebody say they they think every we so we was the original Jewish people, we was the original Native Americans, we was the original I'm like, so <laughs> we was the original Girl, everybody? We can't be the original everybody. I'm sorry. So you saw the same stuff I saw on Twitter this week. Twitter was a wild this week with that. It was like we were the look look up the indigenous Japanese. I was like, We have to be serious. <laughs> somebody, somebody said Christopher Columbus was black. I said <laughs> I said, open up the schools. I'm begging. Like I was like, this education Move system everybody has gray. failed us. 
like some people are just i'm so sorry some people are so stupid i'm not gonna say listen i'm not no you know pangea expert so i'm not gonna step out of line but i just feel like wow christopher columbus why would you even want to claim that and also okay yep christopher columbus like be for real that one tweet went viral when he was when i have never seen such finer origami when he was trying to bend us into be we was filipino russian and then telling us to look it up indigenous japanese uh be for real (laughs) um but yeah um i i remember oh oh absolutely yeah oh yeah you remember some of my texts yeah they definitely got a hundred so we gotta move umar down i don't think he that bad yeah it really depends on like yeah it depends on like how far apart everything is. See, but also we gotta talk this through. Maybe when we got time to waste. Yeah. Over like, yeah. <laughs> over, like over winter break. I wanna make the scale with you. Because honestly, I feel like they knock Umar down. Cause Umar Yeah, because he's de- when I thought of them, I was like, he's definitely not a hundred now. Definitely not. I don't even think he's ninety. Or uh, I'm thinking more like because I feel Doctor Umar. But then is we can we gotta we gotta we expand gotta the scale it. because if because I feel like if he how far can he move that he's that close to Clarence Thomas so you know ah that's a good point so we it gotta be at a, like 150. <laughs> See, but I can't do this with you because you're very like detailed. Whoa. That means he's ninety four point eight. I was like, "Well, you the one that wanted to move him back down. I was fine keeping him at 90. If yeah, we, I feel like okay. It depends saying? on how much we got in between. Yeah, we got see, we gotta create a formula. Okay, but I feel like okay, just just for the sake of argument, and we could table this because this is ridiculous. I feel like what if we just did like one point in between? So it's just like a number. It's just a number. What's a number line? So it's like we have the big numbers, 10, 20, whatever. And then we have like one, two, three, four, five. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I mean. And so it's that's the degree. Yeah, it is by one, like one point. I was just trying to put the benchmarks on a whole, like on a number. Okay, I thought you meant like, are we going to do it by fives? Oh, no, no, no. I I think it should be by one, two, three, four, five. But like, I just want the benchmarks to be at like, I just thought it would be easier to put benchmarks per 10 or or really 150, 100. But I feel like finding that middle person is going to be. And once we find the middle person, I feel like I'll be able, to be able to best know where Umar goes. And it's hard because the middle person is like they can't be completely like neutral. Because I feel like even that in some ways is harmful. Yeah. Like there's there's a um a tennis player, one of the black women tennis players, Madison Keys. She's biracial, but she's like, I'm not black. I'm Madison. I'm like, so she is not in the middle because she's no, trying to be close to Clarence, neutral. Actually. Yeah, you're trying to be neutral, but you sound ridiculous and it's harmful. So that gets like 30 to me. I feel like if you don't even think, like if you're not even acknowledging your blackness. Yeah. I mean, you might as well be 10. The person. Because, oh, I'm just Delaney. Like, shut up. <laughs> and Loki has Raven Simone moved. Has she recovered from that debacle? I think so. I think. I she, think so. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, we got to figure out a middle person. Well, I don't even know. I'm going to need some weeks to think about that. Because I'm like, who would be... But also, who is 40 below Umar? <laughs> for now. Hmm. Interesting. But um, when it comes to affirmative action for me, like, I feel like we learned about it. I remember, like, when we used to do, like, debates in English class, it was one of the topics back in the day. It was like, should we have affirmative action? Should we not? Should we recycle? Should we not? Abortion or not? Like, those are things we used to debate in English class learning how to set up an argument but like when I think about affirmative I think the reason why I feel so far removed from it is because when I think about affirmative action I think about this TikTok that I was watching about this lady where I even learned that this was going on see TikTok is good when I even learned this was going on um this lady was saying like that we cannot get away with affirmative action because we can't do away with affirmative action rather because my husband went to Stanford because of affirmative action he was behind in his class he ended up um he ended up graduating like top of his class he got his phd in physics or whatever and now my kids went to college because of that because people are forgetting that like it's a affirmative action is meant to be a a, a stepping stone to get people into places that they wouldn't know they wouldn't necessarily be in otherwise um even what's her name sonia was talking about how she went to princeton and she didn't have the grades what's her last name soto soto mayor so the mayor like she was talking about how like she went to princeton and she wasn't supposed to go but um but like she worked her behind off when she was there and now she's now she's a justice you know and that's the really the point and and, and that her kids don't have to do as much because and then and then her kids kids won't have to do as much and so on and affirmative action is supposed to no longer be a thing and i think that's very funny because when i was doing the research about it when the when the executive order was put in place it was supposed to be like let's do this in like 25 years and then we'll see where we're at and we can reevaluate which i think is asinine that y'all think that y'all can undo 400 plus years of of literal hate <laughs> towards black people and then think you can undo that in 25 years and i think even that mindset is why we're even having <laughs> this conversation in the first place that like these are like flipping things and everything is fine now and it's no longer an issue now and we can move on i think that it's that is it's so white yeah um what's what we're talking about so what is what do you think our equivalent of affirmative action is in classical music because i remember even talking with delaney about this like i'm i'm i mean i haven't sat on an admissions committee with my application out when they were talking about me but i could tell you that it's there's been there's been plenty of schools i did not get into there's been schools i applied to twice and did not get in um and because i think classical music is a little bit different because it's it's skill based and no matter no matter how black you are if you can't play um in my experience you're not getting in yeah i feel like we don't have anything that's equivalent in the sense that you will end up somewhere that you might not otherwise have been in terms of like admissions now we have programs that will get you into places like for example when i went to like music camp like when i went to like interlocking or something like that that's not a place i would have been had i not been in like a youth orchestra program where i had a teacher that then said hey this place exists i would have never known 
that mm-hmm. I could even go to music camp. So there's stuff like that that were like you might end up in a place that you never have been. But I still had to send in the tape to interlocking. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like you know, it wasn't like that. Just like put me there. It just kind of there's places that will get things on your radar, rather. Mm-hmm. You know, like same thing with Eastman. Didn't even know you could go to. Didn't even know that a such thing as a conservatory existed. And then you get into certain spaces and then you hear other people are applying to these places and then you like you find out about it. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like, oh, we just let you in and you're going to get improved. Like, I feel like we don't have that. What other people might see as our equivalent is things like fellowships, things like El Sistema programs yeah. and stuff like that. But none of those things guarantee you a spot further down the road. And yeah, you're not the- you're not guaranteed a spot in them. El Sistema is a little different. You usually probably would just be on a waiting list. So you don't have to pay for that. But a fellowship, like, they're not just going to just let you in there. I'd like to say, like, what I think about, I know I talked about Eastman Audition before. I I believe I played, there's literally nothing more I could have done at that at at that level. I was incredibly prepared for that audition. And I only say that because I've played auditions since that have not been as satisfactory no but my last audition i played down boots i don't even care like period i mean i ain't get it but f y'all um (laughs) because i played no not the one last week but the one before that okay i want to play a little group no way but um (laughs) but i think i think there are also what makes music unique is that there are factors that i mean someone you could write in i don't do too much but you could write in and tell me if you disagree but that are not exclusive to black students or brown students like because it's speaking specifically to college because it is college teachers are looking for potential now i think where that where it differs is every teacher's idea of potential is different right so i played down boots in my um, Eastman audition like I played so well I literally remember it minute by minute um and Ms. Taylor was like yep and the other two violas as well were like yep I took that same audition to Indiana and they were like thank you uh give your teacher my best and you said when they tell you to tell your teacher I said hi that's how you know you didn't get in every time I had somebody tell me that <laughs> I did not get into that school um I'm being transparent I took that to USC she was like, tell George I said hi. I said, yep, there you go. Oh, okay. So, um. Why? I don't know. It's just a thing. That is a thing. I don't care. Because it's almost like, I know I'm not going to see you again. So, it's like, well, let me use this as an opportunity to tell, to tell me. Like, I just feel like that's just been my experience. So, um, every teacher looks at potential differently. So, I feel like it just gets a little murky when we talk about affirmative action in music now i feel like this would be a very interesting conversation to table and talk to a music administration person like a admissions counselor i think that would be really cool to see like no girl you got it all wrong but like from the outside looking in every teacher looks at potential differently and because at the end of the day like you gotta give a recital you have to meet the needs of the, the you have to meet the demands of the school etc when it comes to um when it comes to fellowships like you still gotta play (laughs) like that's not even it's like it's that's i feel like they're even worse in school because the cso when i tell you first of all the people that i apply with they could play the cso 
had three spots for their fellowship, for their inaugural or cash fellowship this season. Three spots. They picked one person. Ain't no, like, yes, it's an opportunity to play. And we could, that's a separate conversation that I would love to have when I get to where I'm going. Because I, I, I do think that's, I'm not saying I should have got picked, but I think that's ridiculous. However, it's, it's not just a free-for-all because we need black people. We need brown people. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like that's to, that, that's what eased my mind when I was auditioning for schools was that, like, they're looking for potential. But like you said, that can mean a totally different thing. I, I don't know what an admissions, like, officer would say because I feel like when it comes to, like, conservatories and stuff, they don't really have all that much power. Maybe I would just don't. say <laughs> how – because that the process was explained to me peabody was very transparent about their process um and i can't imagine that other schools are much different but it's basically like you do your audition somebody one of the professors has to say i'm interested in having this person in my studio or i want this person if nobody says that then you go no further but it's once somebody says that then they have they said they have that actual benchmarks they have an sat score a gpa or whatever if you meet those benchmarks you're in if you don't, then they'll send it back to the teacher and say, do you really want this person? You really, really want them? And if they really, really want you, then they might mm-hmm. you know, get in. If they're like, oh, I could do without them because I got X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. then you might get waitlisted or not in. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. how it was explained to me. Yeah, especially like when it comes to like conservatories and stuff like that. I remember being so... I remember being so worried about my Eastman audition talking to a former teacher because I was like like there gonna be so many videos auditioning like like whatever like and she was like conservatory teachers like juilliard doesn't have to recruit eastman doesn't have to recruit but they still need to they still have a desire and a, and a need to fill their studios they want to fill their studios with people they want to work with they want to fill their students with people who are know they're gonna work hard so i feel like there's so many factors when it comes to music that i don't know i feel like I feel like you being a certain race might be is definitely one of those one of those fact those forty factors that Katanji was talking about, but that might be coming that might come out other places maybe. Let's say like I know for Eastman I was worried because of one grade I had on um, you know one grade I had from college. Ain't gonna do too much on that <laughs> one little grade, not even in my major. I was acting a fool. Um, I only had a fourteen percent homework grade. I will never forget. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget. Um, so I'm one saying, lo- if I'm going to where I'm going at grad school, anything's possible because you know, I don't even want to know what was going on. It was, it was that. It's like I remember my student teacher was laughing at that. I cannot believe we got that grade. I was like, because she, because they see your transcript. I'm like, that's like that grade is like, it's like on my transcript. Like one of these is not like the others. That's how stark <laughs> that 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 teacher told me to get a certain grade. I had to get over 100 percent on the final. <laughs> and i was so worried i'll never forget i got in trouble with my private t- my my applied teacher because she was like katie what is going on um because like whatever it wasn't scholarship bearing or anything like that because it was not in my major um so i was worried about eastman because i heard about how i was like viola for once viola's not the problem i'm worried about <laughs> getting into that school so maybe um academically um not that my GPA was poor 
at ISU, but because of that grade, they want a, a better transcript. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it ended up not being a problem, but um, so maybe at other facets, but I think when it comes to music, like there's just so many factors that I will I want to hear about students that got into a conservatory because they was from Colombia. Like, tell me more about that. I want to hear more. Well, I mean, yeah, I feel like they don't really apply much classical music because, like you said, they will like CSO. They just not gonna let nobody in. I feel like don't let don't don't let them hear about what classical music is doing because then we really in trouble. Listen, that's kind of, like that's classical music in classical music in general needs to get a freaking wake up call. When they had all them cellists go to Detroit and didn't pick not one person, that would have been heavy. I would have contacted everybody on the little list that audition and be like, "What's up? What are we gonna do about this?" And like, I know, like, I ain't had nobody's orchestra job, but uh, I remember Garrett said, and he has. So that's why I was like, okay. Now I could I could see that he was like at these orchestra auditions like as far as he's concerned at the finals anybody could do the job mm-hmm. you know and so for y'all to be having all these people flying in and not picking not one person is just kind of like and then if you do pick somebody you are gonna put them on a trial basis for God knows how long it's like ah make a commitment bro you got people in this orchestra I don't know it's like yeah people do stay for a long time. But it's like people be staying for a long time and doing a lot worse. So mm-hmm. one day we'll have that conversation. So I can't wait to have that conversation because actually, let me know how you finish that thought. All I know is that no, let me not even say that. But I will. What I will say is y'all have a lot of nerve to have an audition and not pick anyone. You don't pick one person. What was the point? What was the point of even advancing people in the first place? Yeah. And I could see, like, I mean, I've never sat in an orchestral committee, but I could see, like, you're looking for certain, you're looking for certain benchmarks. Like, you're looking, like, can you play steadily? Do you have a nice sound? And you play, do you play in tune? So it's like you're trying to you're trying to take like a hundred applicants down to ten or whatever. So I could see, like, okay, yeah, that's fine. But it's just like, what was the point? What I just don't after that. It just doesn't make any sense to me, and it's also like a com- a complete waste of the committee's time and of orchestral resources. Every day, y'all belly aching about how y'all ain't got no money, and you pay people to 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 waste orchestral money when they could have been at home. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Um, what do you what do you think the what do you think this ruling? Because okay, so the prediction is for this ruling that they're gonna do away with affirmative action because they think it's unconstitutional what do you what do you think um this effect the effect if any this will have on classical music or if at all rather maybe not this specific case but i think this specific case is is a part of a larger like um like dynamic that is shifting for people feeling more empowered to talk about their problematic opinions about stuff like this yeah. i think this will have people coming out of the woodworks and classical music being like and while we at it what about these fellowship you know like i could definitely see 
something like that happening at this point people are still doing that anonymously like that detroit a symphony patron who was like i'm not coming back because because they had florence price on like two programs and they were like you let diversity brain he didn't say that but like they said something like you let that like influence your decisions for the season and i'm like the season literally by and large looked like any other orchestral season it was just a couple more black people on there like i'm sure they but, miss you oh my god so people might be doing more stuff like that and not being anonymous about it I wonder, like, I wonder if they'll get away, they'll do away with, with orchestral fellowships in the future. Because, like, think about it, like, so, what the thing that's so interesting about Clarence is, in your lifetime, you've seen, you've seen black people fight for rights and it's get them taken away. And it's like... And you've been a part of the latter. Right. So it's like... And even the... Like, I think the oldest fellowship, I don't know off the top of my head, I think it's between... It's either between Detroit, um, Minnesota, and Pittsburgh. I don't know off the top of my head which one's older. I think it might it might be Detroit. I think they're, they were in the 90s. Um, but I wonder, like, would they, get a, would they do away with them? I think they need to do some tweaking. Um, but knowing them, they probably just do away with them instead of trying to improve them. So it's fine. Because, like, that whole fellowship hop, it'd be people fellowship hopping. I really hate that. That gets on my nerves so bad. And one person in particular who fellowship hopped, but also won a job and then went back to doing the fellowship. Because it was with the it was with a better orchestra, but the job that they won was in a top twenty five orchestra. But they wanted there was one at the tippity top that had a fellowship that is a really good fellowship, and they went and did that. I'm like that should not be allowed. Yeah, some now, people don't even allow you to do a fellowship back to back like the LA Orchestra one. You can't do that one right after you've had a fellowship in the past like one or two years. But you had a job like a full salary job, like not even a a contract basis, like a I mean a um a per service orchestra a like full-time orchestra like girl i'm sorry that's just ridiculous now if you see me with another fellowship no you didn't but but that's different i feel like, like i'm different so i'm you gonna leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's different like when people be like but when it's like i, I could see two maybe depending on maybe three but like it also just depends like there are some people who be doing two and three fellowships or more that's like you know full and well full well you could get a job you know at yeah. this point and it's not just about you having a fellowship it's about you having a fellowship just so you can try to get your foot in the door with it i mean right. i guess everybody's trying to do their own thing i no, don't know that one but, girl in particular you're talking about like yeah. that's crazy to me you had a you had a for real for real job that's not even just fellowship hopping that's a for real for real job that's ridiculous Especially like there are people out here really just trying to make it, and I understand that that's not like me. What I'm trying, what I'm doing is none of your business, but it's just like, yeah. So actually, I'll be up in arms. Like I'm very grateful because like my my fellowship ended with me on a sub list, and I'm I am in the minority. So even if, but even with it being like. 
even outside of affirmative action, these fellowships got to re- 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 be reworked anyway. And there's like some bubbling about that. Like I've been I've been approached about talking about fellowships like by some of my peers. Um and at the time I was like, I ain't gonna buy that hand that feeds me. But um I will say that like I, I know talking with some of my some of my peers, like I'm in I'm in the minority. Like I'm on a sub list. Like that this doesn't happen. <laughs> so there's a lot of work to be done about with that. So much to talk about in like twenty years. We should air it out. Let me get let me get tenure in my little orchestra. We're gonna air it out. Well, no, I'm not. But like we're gonna air it out. I'm gonna do me a, a stealth recording, y'all. Don't worry. What's that? I'm gonna record I'm gonna record one of our private conversations. I'm gonna leak it. Like since, like since Katie don't wanna Katie don't wanna air it out. It could be like what that happened on the crown with the um Oh the phone tap. Was that real? I said, I, every time yeah. it happens on the crown, I look it up. The phone tap? Oh, yeah, that was real. I remember because it was so freaking weird and nasty. It was weird. He's a freaking weirdo. I forget the crown. I'll be forgetting that it's like, it's not some chippy, cheery show. Because, like, that episode with them Russian people? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I, I already knew when they took them down there. I was like, I already knew they something my my ears i didn't know what to expect but i knew something was gonna gonna happen and i should have just paused it then because i don't like watching stuff like that late at night it was 12 o'clock so then i had another hour i had to like get myself ready to like you know i'm like why did y'all have to do that it was just so cruel and then they shot them people first of all (gasps) the lane when they shot the dude and he wouldn't die so he they kept shooting him in front of his wife and kids and then how come they, they didn't even shoot everybody? They that's why I was like, why did y'all have to bayonet them? Like y'all, like y'all was already killing everybody. Y'all couldn't have just shot them. Y'all was bayoneting some kids. Like come on, bro. kids. And then I was I was reading about it because of course, like I can't just let stuff. Yeah, I got the Wikipedia article up on my phone right now. <laughs> Girl, when they said it took them thirty minutes to die completely, and they, Delaney, I had to pause the episode, and I was like, I should have paused it before then because when they went to that little chamber. I was like, oh, okay, like something about to go down, but I didn't know what, and that's what I get for being nosy. It was so disturbing to me. I did not feel well for like an hour, hour and a half after that. Oh yeah. my god, is it worth it to spend eternity with Satan? It is, and I felt bad for that one dude who didn't want to do it, but he knew I he felt bad that he did it. Bro. Oh. But at the same time, but yeah, it's like I mean that was a lose lose situation because it's like you you either doing that or what what now you got to live with the fact that you just killed a bunch of kids. So what's that thing called you said? What the the the, oh, bayonet? the knife at the end? Yeah, yeah, bayonet. Kids, and at first, uh, and then the sound effects too. I was like, yeah, just- that that took me. I was so glad I wasn't wearing no headphones because I really can't stand that. I was like, are we watching Game of Thrones? Because I heard, I was I was thinking about being nosy with Game of Thrones. So Crystal said how how graphic it was. I'm like, I'm not interested. That stuff is just like it's weird to me that that y'all just watched it. I'm not I'm not not in a judgy way, but just like in a 
I feel like we shouldn't be watching stuff like that. I do be judging people so low key, but with they like, <laughs> people that's <laughs> that's like mad into that true crime stuff, like for real, yeah. for real. Like what, like the whole Dahmer thing is like, especially like yeah. that's like he for real kill people. Like I don't understand why. Like, what about that is appealing to you? Like I don't know. I don't like watching people die. I'm not saying that you, if you watch anything that somebody dies in, but like people who like. Like, I be telling my mom, I be looking at her crazy because she be always watching something that's just jacked up. I'm like, you always watching something like that? I, I can't know. watch that stuff. Like, always watch somebody done kill they drown they baby, somebody done kill they mama, somebody done choke they whoever. It's just like, okay, can we get some SpongeBob? I don't even know. Like, yeah, I just think. Especially like the true crime thing, that whole wave is kind of weird to me because it's like y'all are using people's suffering as entertainment. Especially like people, they whole families, they got to look at they now they can't even get on Twitter because the whole Dahmer thing, everything about him, right? But he didn't kill your child or your brother or whoever. It's just like that's just very weird to me. That's just very strange. I'm just like maybe I'm not trying to say y'all who watch every now and then, but like when people be mad into that, it's just like it gets a little weird to me. It gets it does. I'll be judging y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I also wonder, like, I want to know true crime stats, like, abroad. Because I feel like low-key in the United States, we're, we're desensitized to, like, violence because it's literally all around us all the time. And I'm wondering, like, are they into the true crime in freaking Guyana like they are here? And also, are they into their true crime or do they watch our do they listen and watch our stuff and be like dang that's crazy because it's like it's not them that's what i want to know yeah i don't know it's just like it'd be too much i don't understand mm. anyway y'all let us know your thoughts what we said not too much <laughs> not too much we are moving on all right, y'all, time for Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top. This week, I'm talking about Justine Lee Hooper. She is a flautist. Um, she has performed all over the world with Grammy-winning artists and Grammy-nominated artists everywhere. Um, she is from New York. Um, and she has been featured on uh, and acknowledged by the New York Times for her performances, um, and featured and featured with the United Nations. Oh, period. Um, she has rec- has given hundreds of world premieres of contemporary classical music. One of her favorites being at the 2015 National Food Association Convex- convention, where she shared the stage with Flutonics, uh, Sarah Brady, Christina Balordi, and um a a range of other people uh and also she performed with mara period hey mara (laughs) yeah um she's also a writer she's written for Babel magazine the food view and has been interviewed for her community work on this american life she's also um a performance keynote speaker for mcgill's 34th uh annual music graduate symposium in 2021 she holds a bm music performance from ithaca college um and additional uh, career development from the Juilliard School. Um, she currently serves on the Jazz Committee of the National Food Association. Um, and yeah, she out here killing it. She has a bunch of music. I'll link her website so you can check her out. Period. Um, 
another week of scrounging for the piece of the week actually somebody sent suggestions i need to go back and see that sorry y'all um but my piece of the week this week is about a allergy and yeah i'll link my favorite recording of that it's pretty period well thank you so much for listening to classic black podcast don't forget to follow us on social media at classically black podcast if you have a piece of the week suggestion a black ex suggestion or an intermission suggestion send it to classic black podcast at gmail.com next saturday eleven nineteen is the isbm annual convenience a cute little joint it's four hours we're gonna be in and out it's free if you're an isbm member and to be a member of isbm you have to be black so you know is blackmusicians.com at isblackmusicians on social media thank you again for listening and we will see y'all next week bye y'all bye